0: Hi, I'll say good afternoon because that's what it is where I am. Uh, Almost one o'clock, a little bit of a breeze outside, sunny. Um, the upper sixties Fahrenheit, uh, really a beautiful day. I'm sitting here in my favorite spot. One of them at William Whitley park, looking out over the greening grass the trees that haven't yet begun to have leaves through the spring. I'm going to propose something, sharing from the Gospel of John in the upcoming readings. Passages from the Gospel of John, along with some thoughts on the meaning of those things. Today, I'm going to begin with the first 18 verses of the Gospel of John. In some ways, in in a large way really, I'm overwhelmed by the uh, grandeur, the breadth, the depth of meaning in these verses, where it would take us all through the scriptures. I can only touch on a few ideas as these opening verses relate to the Gospel of John. That's probably a long enough introduction, so (laughs) let me read and and share a few thoughts. My goal here is to encourage you to read this Gospel, listen to this Gospel, um, so that you receive the life that is promised in the Gospel. Not necessarily because you don't have that life, but because this is a daily matter. Just as we need to eat food every day, we need to eat, to consume, digest the Word of God every day, the bread of life. So, let's begin in 1. 1. The Gospel of John. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father He has explained him. Now I'm going to return to the beginning of our reading and add a few thoughts or explanations as I understand them. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. As many others have noted, this takes us back to the very beginning of the Bible, the book of Genesis, where it says all things were made by him. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he did that by his word, simply by speaking. And the first thing that he brought into existence in the darkness was light. He said, let there be light, and there was light. John is drawing on this theme, showing us, as he says, that all things came into being through Christ, and without him, nothing came into being that has being, that Jesus Christ, is the pre existent Son of God, that He is eternal, He is one with the Father. This is the in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John is very much about the divinity of Jesus. And we could say that the whole gospel of John, let alone Scripture as a whole, is unpacking the meaning of this really glorious truth that God does everything, the Father does everything, in, through, and as Jesus Christ. And that's an intentional point. In Christ, through Christ, and as Christ, because Christ himself is also divine, eternal God. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. As Christ is the life and light of the world in the physical realm, as we see from Genesis, is also the same spiritually. Uh, The physical world that God created, the laws of nature, are illustrative. They point us to uh, as types, as living parables of the spiritual laws of life, the life of the mind, the emotions, uh, even the natural life of the body. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Uh, Other versions say the darkness did not overcome it or overpower it, and here we see the beginning of the conflict between light and darkness, between Christ and Satan. Uh, John speaks of it in a specific way, but here is this opening uh, line about what is coming. Um, And John is very much about this conflict between um, Christ coming into the world and what it means for the light of God to enter into the darkness and how the darkness does fight against it. But the testimony of John, the testimony of scripture is that the devil, darkness, has not and will never overcome the light of life, Jesus Christ. And when we abide in him, when we abide in him as children of light and we have his life in us, we cannot be overcome by the darkness ourselves. There's another point here that I want to emphasize. There's a word, and we're going to get to it here. Well, let's, let's come on to reading, and, I, and I'll bring that out. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist, not the writer of the Gospel. He came as a witness to testify about the light. This word, testify, testify, It comes from the Greek martyria, uh, literally where we get the word martyrs, those who through their testimony or their witness lay down their life rather than change that witness or that testimony uh, when the darkness uh, threatens them. We see that very much in this gospel in the book of Revelation. In the Gospel of John, it is full of this word testimony or witness. Witness Uh, giving testimony to what we have seen and heard about God in his word and personally experienced is the primary way that God is revealed to the world, to the unbelieving world. It is through personal testimony. Uh, And testimony is a legal word, what we call a forensic word, that has to do with law. And we see that All of the gospels, and especially John, is moving towards the judgment scene. Uh, All of these witnesses are brought forward and they're often named as witnesses, the woman at the well and others. Uh, Chapter five of John is very full of uh, witnesses there. The father as a witness, the disciples as a witness, the scriptures as a witness, Jesus himself as a witness. And the, the scene is the reader, And those living at that time are being called to consider the testimony. Is Jesus who he says he is? Now, we get to the end of the book, and uh, his enemies, religious people, shockingly enough, uh, condemn him. Uh, They judge him unjustly. He's crucified, but then he rises the third day. Even though they condemn him, God the Father justifies him. resurrecting him, saying that death could not keep him. Uh, In the Gospel of John, the world judges Jesus and condemns him. In the book of Revelation, which John also wrote, God brings the world to judgment. The world is being judged by God now. And in both cases, the criteria For the decision made in the judgment is what is called the testimony of Jesus. Do we believe the testimony, the witness that Jesus has given about his Father? Those who believe have life in his name. Those who do not are condemned in a judgment, uh, a reasonable, rational judgment based upon their works, which tell whether their faith is genuine or not. Anyway, those are deep things. (laughs) There's a lot of it there. But that's a highlight to say that the Gospel of John is unpacking, if you will, these initial thoughts, these great eternal truths. So he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. Now, we say this word true because the deceitfulness of the devil is to imitate the light. Uh, He can't fully do that. He can't completely do that because he's darkness itself. But through deception, he will come and suggest that he himself is an angel of light. He did this with Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness. We read up in the other Gospels. So there's a true light and a false light. And the only way we really know the difference is by being students of God's Word. For His Word is light and life. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. That's a shocking thing, isn't it? He came to His own, and those who were His own did not receive Him. He's speaking here of the Jewish people. Galatians says that Jesus was born of a woman born under the law. Jesus was born into a Jewish household. Um, His lineage, his genealogy, can be traced back through all the way to Adam. You get that in the genealogies of Luke and the genealogy of Matthew. Uh, He is the son of David, a direct heir of King David. Uh, Going all the way back through Abraham. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right, that is the right or the authority, the power to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're all born of the flesh into this world, that is physically, uh, through our mothers, by the will of man, our fathers and mothers, um, it's called procreation. We cannot create like God out of nothing. But he's given us, he created us in the ability to have children after our own likeness as we were created after his likeness in Adam and Eve. But there's a rebirth necessary because the flesh has become corrupted. With Adam and Eve's sin, uh, it's not a, um, sin is not a physical entity. It's not simply something that lives in the genes, but it's a spiritual power Um, Adam surrendered his spiritual dominion that God had given him and he became a slave of a dark power Satan but he was not completely given over to that God made a way of escape for him through Christ and therefore Jesus will say in chapter 3 of John that we must be born again not simply of the flesh but of his spirit through faith in him, through faith in what he's done in giving him sacrifice for us on the cross, believing in his atonement for our sin, that we can be free from its guilt, but we can also be delivered from its power when we have the indwelling of Christ in us, which is his Holy Spirit. I'm going to give a study on that soon, that the Holy Spirit is not an it, but the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead who is also called the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of Christ. He is more than a, a power. He is even more than a presence. He is a person who lives in us, abides in us, speaks to us, guides us, gives us wisdom, gives us power and strength. But his power is perfected in weakness. When we know ourselves to be weak and dependent, and we trust fully in him, then we have the power of his love the power of his grace, the power of his truth in us. Not to lord it over others, but as a witness, as a witness of life, so that others may breathe in the atmosphere of grace that God has given to us and can have life in his name. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, Full of grace and truth. Yes, Jesus is the eternal God, pre existent. He has always been the Son of God. But with his birth, when Mary, who was a virgin, not sinless, all have sinned and fallen short of the, glo- of the glory of God. I, I know that in the Catholic teaching that uh, there is uh, an idea that Mary herself was sinless, and that's unfortunately for. That teaching is not biblical. i say it's unfortunate because many have come to believe that. But Jesus was uh, brought to Mary as an embryo. Can you believe that? The Son of God coming down, living as a very unconscious, as an unconscious embryo until he was given birth. And he grew and increased in wisdom and stature with God and man, it says in the book of Luke. He was born as a child, lived as a child, he had the consciousness of a child, and he grew until he had the consciousness of a man. But in all of that, he was pure and holy. He was born of the Spirit. Uh, He was fully God, and he was fully man, and there's a mystery that we cannot fully explain. How is that possible? Uh, It's something that God did that we cannot do, but we can believe. And we saw his glory. Glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. This word begotten has confused many. Uh, There was the Arian controversy in the early church saying that um, Jesus was somehow begotten by the Father. Begotten here in the literal Greek means one and only. And many translations bring that forward. Um, Even this translation I'm reading from has that in the margin. He was the one and only Son of God. And John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. If you want to explore that idea more, the relationship of law and grace uh, in Christ in the righteousness of God. Um, You can pick up on some of my studies in Romans 3, um, 21 through 31. Uh, You can read that there. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. The Son has come to show us the Father. He says that the words that I give you are the words the Father has given me. He lived solely for the glory of his Father. This idea is repeated in the Gospel of John. As you read, you'll pick that up. That The the very meaning of life for Jesus was to bring honor, uh, to make his Father known in truth, to sweep away all the rubbish that false religions have brought. Uh, The misapprehension of God was very great there. Jesus, as the Word of God, is God's thought made audible. In hearing Jesus, we hear the fullness of God, for He is the fullness of God. He says, My words are spirit and life, John 6, 63. In Him is life, and the life is the light of men. John says in 20, verse 31, that this is the very reason he wrote the book, that we might have life in His name, through believing in Jesus believing this testimony um, I think that's enough for now and I'll uh, uh, thank you for listening and, and I don't want you to simply take my word for anything um, His word is truth He says in John seventeen seventeen, Sanctify them through the truth or in the truth Your word is truth He says and He's given His disciples that word and they've passed it on to us Uh, in written form, in the scriptures. Uh, So I'll close with that thought. We must study for ourselves. I can offer you bread to eat, but I can't eat it for you. It's something you have to digest. Even when I present the Word of God, it must be consumed as bread to your soul, through your will, through your own choice, through your own trust in the Word. I can't do that for anyone else. Uh, Thanks for listening. This is uh, me sermonizing, (laughs) sharing uh, my faith, my testimony. And um, I have put these things to the test in my life, and all that I've shared with you is what I hold dear and do my best uh, by receiving his grace to live these truths out in my life. Let me pray with you. Lord, I've offered this to uh, the listener, especially friends of mine, Uh, those who are uh, receiving these messages in more personal ways as I send it to them. Uh, I'm not going to name you. You know who you are because I'm going to uh, put this out publicly. Lord, I'm asking that you would bless this Word, that it would be received in faith, that it would be proven, that you would guide their thoughts, Uh, you would open their hearts, because in receiving your Word, they can receive you, the very Lord of life, an abundant life. They'll receive your peace and your grace your strength, and your wisdom to live in this world until we meet you again face to face. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for forgiving our sins, for being so patient and kind, and for convicting us of our sins that we might repent and give everything to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, and we ask your blessing in your name. Amen.